everyone, welcome to the Open Labour podcast. My name is Tom Hinchcliffe and I'm hosting alone today. As James is on his holidays, so you're going to have to put up with me on this episode. You'll be pleased to know I do have some guests. Today we're looking at the Equalities and Human Rights Commission's report into anti-Semitism in the Labour Party. And I'll be joined by both co-chairs of Open Labour, Tessa Milligan and Kieran O'Neill, as well as Mike Katz the chair of the Jewish Labour movement. After receiving hundreds of complaints from Jewish party members alleging either anti-Semitism or a failure to investigate allegations of anti-Semitism, the EHRC launched an inquiry into this in May 2019. It aimed to establish whether Labour had broken equalities law by failing to implement recommendations from Baroness Royal the Home Affairs Select Committee and the Chakrabarti Report to stem anti-Semitism in the Labour Party. Uh, Whether the rule book and the party's investigatory and disciplinary processes enabled it to deal with complaints and whether the party had responded properly to complaints of unlawful acts. The EHRC found that Labour was responsible for three breaches of the Equality Act relating to political interference in anti-Semitism complaints a failure to provide adequate training to those handling anti-Semitism complaints and harassment. The failure relating to political interference mainly came from the opposition's office, it quotes, and EHRC found that this was not a legitimate approach. And I'm joined now by co-chairs of Open Labour, Tessa Milligan and Kieran O'Neill. Hello to you both. Hiya. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Got there in the end. So yesterday we had the publication of the EHRC report. We're recording on the morning of the 30th of October. The Equalities and Human Rights Commission found that Labour broke equalities law, basically. Could you just outline Open Labour's position on the report? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I think, first of all, you know, yesterday was... It was just a day of incredible regret, um, the fact that we got to the stage where, you know, our party uh, was investigated by a body that we set up in government, and uh, you know, the only the, the only other party that's ever been investigated by the EHRC is obviously, you know, the British National Party, um, and I don't think that's a group we want to be involved in. So I think I think Open Labour's response um, and the statement that was issued by our National Committee was one that you know the Labour Party needs to be quite humble and needs to now. Um, accept the findings of this report in full without qualification and implement them as soon as possible. Now, obviously, um, the party um, has a democratic process, there's a bureaucracy to go through, um, but, you know, the recommendations of support must be implemented as a matter of some priority. You know, I think it's just, it it reinforces what I think a lot of Open Labour members want and something we argue for a lot, and I think Keir said in his statement, the Labour Party must change its culture. Um, our culture is um, appalling at times. It's absolutely unacceptable. And, you know, we've had a situation where Jewish people, people from other minority groups, do not feel safe in our party. That can't be acceptable. We are here to stand up for the many. Um, and, you know, we have to do everything we can to make our party as open and inclusive a space as possible. Um, not not just for our own members, but, you know, for the country at large. You know, we need, we need to win support across the UK. And we can only do that by practising what we preach. Yeah, I think the the idea of the culture of the party, I mean, I've never heard a good word said about it, which is crazy considering we're supposed to be the, we are the largest party in, in Western Europe and you've got 500,000 members and it, it's, it's marketed as a good thing, but all you hear is words about toxic and divisive, racist. 
for a left-wing party, that's completely unacceptable. But on top of the pretty damning report, the big news is that Jeremy Corbyn's been suspended by the Labour Party. I mean, Corbyn wasn't suspended by because of the report itself, rather. It doesn't name Corbyn and it focuses on, focuses on a collective failure of leadership. But Labour made it clear that anyone that disagrees or questions the integrity of the report will be disciplined, and that's exactly what Jeremy Corbyn did yesterday. What did you two make of Corbyn's lack of apology and remarks following the report's publication? Firstly, it was deeply frustrating. One of the things that the report said under the section about unlawful harassment on behalf of um, on the part of Labour Party agents was about not diminishing the experience of Jewish members that this problem is real and you know there, there have been lawyers on Twitter tweeting about how much this has actually shifted the standard that the party and all of its representatives need to set you know, I, I was kind of thinking about <laughs> what the leader's office might feel about that intervention. I imagine that they would have wanted a day of um, good press, you know, pulling the shutters down on this issue, rooting it out, uh, and the Labour Party being united on that front um, and no longer having anti-Semitism lingering around the Labour Party like a bad smell. And I think you know, we've actually had multiple interventions um, from representatives, councillors and members that I feel have undermined that. Um, and that's really, really frustrating. I think this is a time for our party to be united um, to, as Kieran said, accept the findings of the report, um, to see its recommendations implemented in full, swiftly and competently. And I really, really don't want us to dwell on you know arguing about the intricacies and whatnot which different findings people agree and disagree with they are legally binding these recommendations you know people are entitled to their opinions but on a legal footing a party does not have a choice We've, we need to implement these and all work together to enter this rebuilding process in good faith every single member has a duty now to be part of this rebuilding trust exercise with the Jewish community. Um, working together, as, as Keir said in his statement, it is on all of us to make sure the Labour Party can be an open and welcoming environment to people of all communities and all faiths, all, all ethnic minorities. And actually, I think, I think we all have a role to play. So I, I found that intervention frustrating, but I don't want, I don't want the last 24, 48 hours to get uh, swamped by that news. This is this really is about reflecting as a party and this is about centering Jewish voices who've been impacted by this over the last few years. And I really don't want their experiences to get lost in all the kind of labor drama and whatever else. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. The, head, the headline of the Times this morning was Labour plunged into civil war again over anti-Semitism and it, it... <laughs> You know, you're right, it shouldn't have been the case that we've had a lot of Jewish members and allies have been vindicated by this report. But at the same time, it shouldn't have been, as you say, a day of further internal instability in the party. It should have been, uh, I think we've got Mike Katz on from the Jewish Labour movement later on, but 
he said this morning in his Labourist article that it was a, it's a watershed moment. And for me, Jeremy has undermined the watershed moment, moving on from this horrible thing that's been going on for the last four or five years by issuing these remarks that, I mean, if it attacked him personally, you could kind of understand why he'd do it rather than but not agree with him. But it doesn't attack him personally. It attacks a collective. Well, it accuses a failure of collective leadership. So I just don't understand, apart from becoming some sort of martyr for the left or, or just being so stuck in his ways, why he had to come out and undermine the report like that. It's very confusing, um, and you know the only person that, that can answer that is, is Jeremy himself. But at the end of the day, you know this is a statutory instruction from a body that we set up in government, um, and it has to be complied with. And you know, I'm a it was my, I'm a CLP secretary, my CLP met last night, and not long, literally minutes after Keir gave his remarks, we all received an email from the general secretary setting out. Um, the fact that the NEC has a job to comply with the law, and um, this is now effectively a legal instruction, everyone must follow it. And of course, you know, we're a democratic party, we can discuss things, we can debate them, but it has to be done in a way that doesn't um, undermine or question the validity of this report. Um, and unfortunately, that's what's happened. And, you know, if, if, if any other individual um, issued a statement like that, they would, you know, the same thing would happen. Um, and I can I can understand the frustrations of people um, who admire Jeremy, who have a lot of time for him. But at, at the end of the day, you know, there there is a process to be followed, um, and we have to trust that, that that will be done. Yeah, they've made it clear that they've breached the Equalities Act that obviously Labour introduced. And but I mean, we had CLP last night as well, and there were motions against the. Chairs ruling, even though it's not a chairs ruling, it's the to to not debate it or to not to not question the report. I mean that for members listening who think that that's a valid way of putting your argument forward, it's not because the chair of your CLP shouldn't be having to enforce the law. The NEC enforce the law. The rule from the NEC is that nobody should question it. Nobody should question the integrity of the report because it's the law. And that's why Jeremy got suspended yesterday. It wasn't because of the report itself. It was because, and I think people struggle or willfully struggle to understand this sometimes, that it's because of his remarks afterwards which question the integrity of the law and, and, of, and the Labour Party has been accused of breaking the law. But let's look into the recommendations just for a second. Keir Starmer's pledged six weeks to present an action plan with a view to implementing the recommendations in the new year where do we go from here I mean is that a realistic timetable I think it has to be um I think it's it's kind of what Kieran was saying there's a process there's a timeline that we have to meet and uh and we as Open Able look forward to seeing that action plan um to seeing its implementation and it's it's like what what Mike has said in his um article it's a watershed moment this is a chance as difficult as the day was when that report landed on our party's desk as difficult as it was to stomach as shocking as some found it um although i have to say i wasn't surprised this is actually our chance now to rebuild as a party to rebuild the trust with the jewish community um to rebuild actually our internal processes so that they're fit for purpose to rebuild our party's internal culture and make it a place which is open, welcoming to all. And also to rebuild as a, as a progressive force in British politics. 
and one thing I found so frustrating about the anti-Semitism stuff was that it undermined us as progressives, as socialists, because, you know, we had this, you know, this, this racism through our movement, which the AHRC has now found was on a systemic level. You know, we really, really need to stamp it out, get rid of it so that we can basically reclaim the moral, moral high ground. Um, in British politics on on issues of um, anti-Semitism and everything that flows from that. And I really, really look forward to that day um, when we when we can reclaim that moral high ground and and stop being consumed by this issue. It, it prevented everything that we could do. It made it so difficult for members like me to get involved uh, in different levels of the party. And I really, really look forward to the day that I can turn up to a CLP meeting and not feel actually terrified sitting there. Uh, so I really look forward to seeing the action plan and how the leadership wants to change the internal culture of our party as well as the kind of legalistic process type stuff it's also about culture change it's also about all of us who make up every single part of the Labour Party as individuals making sure we're part of that culture change too because it, it will be led by people not just process. No, I think that's right and this is about you know racism isn't it at the end of the day it's not about politics if any other business or anything else would have been breached breach the Equalities Act, then there'd be serious changes that had to be made or the yeah. business would have to stop. Like, it's like people, you know, when, when, we, when we talk about this and the fact we've been investigated, people go, oh, why, why are the Tory party not being investigated for institutional racism? Why are, why are our opponents and that? You know, maybe we should hold ourselves to a higher standard than the Tories. And we should, you know, Labour, Labour has to be an anti-racist party. Um, that has to be in our fingertips. It's a core tenant of, you know, democratic socialism. Uh, so it's crucial that we do that and I do you know at the end of the day I think some of the things in the report particularly an independent complaints process will help the party tackle the other forms of discrimination that exist within our movement but we weren't being investigated by the Equality and Human Rights Commission for anything else you know I'm, I'm you know I'm not saying that you know action should be taken other forms of discrimination but you know this was a form of racism that was um, you know due to a collective failure um, and you know a lot of people a lot of people could have done more every level um, that wasn't tackled um, and you know we hear the experiences of uh, comrades like Tess and other people um, who have been made to feel unsafe unwelcome um, and a political party should be a natural home it's just incredibly sad yeah I mean people that go to like like Tess just said people that go to CLP shouldn't have to get there and act like they're under attack from someone and and that I think Tess kind of alluded to this that this this process will will reflect to the electorate what, what the party is like on the inside. If we're seen as some racist little rabble, which a lot of people have seen as like that for the last four or five years, bringing back stuff that, like anti-Semitism in Britain, that is something that a lot of people I've spoken to that are completely apolitical are just shocked that it's even a thing in this, you know, millennia, let alone they, they just tie it to the Second World War constantly. They can't believe that it's actually a, an issue in today's society, let alone, you know, an issue in the official opposition. But to be honest, I've seen in, in places on, I know social media is a, a bad place to be right now, but I've seen little empathy for the Jewish community and Jewish members who will be on a personal level 
Jewish members will be so distressed by yesterday's events, no matter which side of the argument they were on, it's still going to be very distressing. And you saw Ruth, Ruth Smith yesterday giving an interview on Sky News about her experience of anti-Semitism, and she was just being constantly heckled by this guy stood behind her shouting about Jeremy Corbyn and Julian Assange and Chris Williamson. And I just think it's time that some in the party just stops navel-gazing for just a brief moment while these changes are implemented and we can just look at how this has affected Jewish members because it's impacted not just Labour's relationship with Jewish community but with the electorate as well, I think. Absolutely. So when I... I'm from a small town where I know, like, I could count the number of other Jews in my town that I know personally on one hand. And a lot of my friends, I might be the only Jewish person that they know. And when they started to hear these headlines about anti-Semitism, um, see it on online, um, in the news, hear it on the radio, you know, they'd ask me, what, what is this with the, the Labour Party and anti-Semitism? They did not understand. It's a bit like what you just said. They did not understand how a progressive left-wing party that a lot of them wanted to vote for um, was being bogged down by this this racism um, and what it did was that not all of them necessarily understood anti-semitism understood how it operated or how it operated within the party but what they saw was a party that was failing to deal with a significant issue and it it just screamed incompetence to so many voters who didn't necessarily know what anti-Semitism was, maybe didn't even, had never even met a Jewish person, but saw this issue and thought, what, why is no one taking leadership on this and, and cracking down on it and making sure, you know, all of this is put to a, to a stop um, as much as possible. And, and it, it's really, really difficult to, Sit, sit here today with a conservative government, the pandemic that, that has taken the lives of so many people um, and not feel like as, as a Labour Party, we, we didn't just fail on the anti-Semitism issue, we, we, we failed to present ourselves as a, as a credible opposition. People saw what they perceived to be incompetence and what the report says is that, you know, one of the three counts on which we broke equalities law um, was the failure of our internal processes. Um, and it, it, it's just, it, it's very frustrating. And I, I, I don't want to get, you know, feel like I'm reliving it too much because I really want this to be the moment that we can finally move on from this. We finally take the action that was so desperately needed for so many years. Um, but I, I really look forward to the conversations I'm going to have with those friends in future elections where they turn around to me and say, I saw, I saw the free, free school meals campaign that Labour's doing backing up Marcus Rashford. I saw this that Labour was doing with uh, tenants and um, universities and everything else. I really look forward to more of those kind of conversations about the Labour Party with my friends and not, and not ones where I, I feel like I'm having to explain the ins and outs of of anti-Semitism and, and this awful internal culture. This is the day it ends, I think. I, I, I just think, you know, like, in terms of, like, the recommendations, probably one of the most important ones is, um, is the independent complaints process. 
and you know that that's not to uh, criticise anyone that serves on the discipline committee, the National Constitutional Committee. I, I know the chair; she's on my CLP. She's she's a decent person. A lot of people are, but that model was designed for a party that was a fifth of our size. Uh, in fact, less than a fifth. You know, it, it, it's just it's not working anymore, um, and we do need to put forward an independent complaints process. And I think what Tess said. Is, is absolutely right. You know, yesterday needs to be a line in the sand and we need to say this happened and it can never be allowed to happen again on any scale with any form of discrimination. It was completely unacceptable. And yeah, there, there's still there's still a lot of work to be done. It isn't just simple, you know, we've done this report and we can all give ourselves a pat on the back, even when, you know, real changes or whatever come in, you know, it is, it is a, it, it, it's going to take a long time for the, for the party to recover from this. And I think Tess is right, you know, um, until, until we can show the public that, you know, um, we got this horribly wrong and we've changed, uh, we're not going to get a hearing because why should people give you a hearing um, when we aren't being unequivocal on racism and discrimination? So, I mean, I suppose the thing, you know, just incredible sadness and regret at what's happened, but, you know, we just need to hope that collectively, and I, I do think, you know, looking at the response that we got to our statement and speaking speaking to members I know in, in Scotland and across the UK, um, you know, I think, seen what we've seen happen. Um, first thing was just, you know, solidarity with comrades that have been affected, but also, you know, let's fix this. I, I do think the vast majority of members want want this to be a regrettable footnote in the in the history of our party and we'll work to do that. And yeah, with the Labour Party we'll have we'll have an argument, but we can never you know, we can't afford I think you said nasal, navel gazing. You know, I, I don't think we, you know we, we don't have we don't have a right, frankly, on this issue. Yeah. We um, we need to comply with the statutory instruction we've received from the commission, and um, you know, work to rebuild trust with the Jewish community and the wider electorate. I think it's crazy for me that when I when I was younger, before the anti-Semitism crisis began and you first joined the party, you were trying to. Uh, I'm from a working class area and trying to sell the Labour Party on the doorstep. In other areas that were that were against us, the main argument there that we were do-gooders, we were too good, so everyone wanted to do good by everyone, and you just can't afford to do that, in, whether it's economically or morally or whatever. You, you're just too good to everyone. You want to let all the immigrants in, and you want to give universal health care to everyone and stuff like that. that. was the main argument. But then you couple that with what's happened in the last five years, and we've been told that we we actively, politically acted against the interests of Jewish members. It's, it's crazy that that is the same party that I used to be stood on the doorstep hearing so much about how, in some ways, we were too anti-racist for some people. And, I wanted to get back to that point. Yeah, 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 we need to get back there because that, that was a good place to be. And it's yeah, it's, it's a good place to be, you know, saying you're, you're too progressive and too democratic and too socialist, you know, God, God forbid. Yeah. Uh, you're, too, you're too good for everyone. And that, that's, that's, that's the place. Whereas Tess has basically said that you can you can start to sell your policies on free school meals and domestic issues, which we've got a million of at the minute, on the doorstep. And we cannot afford as a political movement to be bogged down by this horrible form of racism or any form of racism. And I think going back to the Islamophobia argument, I, I see a lot of that on social media and I hear it. I, I understand what people mean by, you know, the Tories need to be investigated for... Islamophobia, but it just reeks of brushing this under the carpet or what about her? It needs to be tackled in the same way. And I think the Board of Deputies came out with something decent yesterday about that. On I think it was on question time. The President of the Board of Deputies basically said that the Tory party has its problems with Islamophobia, but today was about anti-Semitism. Well, yesterday was about anti-Semitism in the Labour Party. And I just think 
to just immediately start arguments about other forms of racism. Yeah, no, no form, no form of discrimination is acceptable. You know, the party, the party is representative of the country. You know, we we have a lot of problems. You know, whether it's transphobia, um, whether it's any form of racism, whether it's you know discrimination against women. Um, but that wasn't what yesterday was about. Just we were investigated on one issue. Um, yeah. And you know, I, I hope I think the recommendations to you know implement uh, and you know tackle the issue of anti-Semitism will also help tackle the other forms of discrimination. Um, there can be a zero tolerance approach on any form of discrimination. You know, any form of hatred that's not acceptable in a party of the left. And you're completely right. You know, I do I do think you know it's a bit like oh look a squirrel. Um, I don't think anyone's denying the Tory party is you know has very strong racist elements. I mean, they're the party of Windrush. Um, but the difference is we must hold ourselves to a much higher standard and we have to be so much better. Um, and it's, you know, other political parties are the same. You know, I don't think any political parties, you know, immune from the, the cancer of racism. Um, but we just have, I mean, with the Labour Party, it's not complicated. We have to do better and there is no excuse. There is no excuse for what we've seen occur and we have to fix it. Yeah, absolutely. So. Kieran's completely spot on there. And I think as well, at the moment, we're seeing the rise of the far right again. We are seeing their language come through actually the Conservative Party. I really strongly feel when I hear um, Conservative Party ministers using terms like cultural Marxism, which are anti-Semitic dog whistles, um, when I hear um, them the way some of their members talk about the Black Lives Matter movement um, or as you've mentioned Islamophobia and the way they talk about um, you know even somebody like Sadiq Khan um, who faced a really tough election one of the first elections when he was running for mayor um, that you know they completely played on the fact that he was from a Muslim background this this is really nasty stuff that we're seeing on the rise and, and we are seeing it pervade the mainstream political discourse and the Labour Party at all levels, not just a national level, not just from the leader's office, but in university Labour clubs, um, local CLPs, um, all of that, they need to be beacons of anti-racism um, if we're going to defeat the, the really horrific stuff we're seeing from the hard right, because it is getting worse. Um, and as a party we need to have the moral high ground on this issue as a whole um if if we're going to defeat it i think that's a clear message isn't it you your movement your political party if you see yourself as a realistic party of government you set the example for what you want to see society look like under you know labor party's leadership in government i think that's a good point to end on thank you so much for coming on I'm joined now by Mike Katz, chair of the Jewish Labour Movement. Hi, Mike. Hi, good to join you. Thanks for asking me. No, no worries. So you've written an article in Labour List this morning about yesterday being a watershed moment in the Labour Party's history. Can you just talk me through why you think that is? And can you just talk me through or give me a sense of JLM's response to this report? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's look, it's watershed in a number of ways. Um, I guess, you know, to be absolutely clear, the, uh, the, 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 the report from the HRC, you know, they, they, they've been, uh, we, uh, the initial referral was made in autumn 2018. So this is two years coming. It's forensic, it's damning, it's long, it's detailed. And I think really significantly, 
is that it showed the uh, they, the commission concluded the Labour Party committed unlawful acts through harassment of its members, through a policy of political interference by its senior leadership in relation to anti-Semitism complaints, and its and in its failure to provide adequate training uh, through JLM, but in relation to anti-Semitism. So there are unlawful acts found on three those three counts. And to be absolutely clear about it, you know, even when um, the commission investigated the Metropolitan Police in the wake of Stephen Lawrence and they found findings of institutional racism, there were plenty of recommendations, but there were no unlawful acts notices. So mm. the Labour Party has broken the law. So we should let that sink in. And there's plenty of politics yeah. behind why this is um, why this is a watershed moment. And it's a watershed moment, I think, in the history of the Labour Party, but also with the obviously in the history of the Jewish Labour movement and Jewish Labour members and supporters and, and allies um, politically. But the actual kind of the legal ramifications of this are, you know, are, are pretty are, are pretty important too. Yeah. So just just how significant is that that decision to issue these this unlawful acts notice? I mean. We, I spoke earlier on with the co-chairs of Open Labour, Kieran and Tessa, about the legal footing, and they made clear that on a legal footing, our party doesn't have a choice when it comes to implementing these recommendations. Could you tell me a bit, little more about the legal side? What what would be the ramifications if, if the party chose to ignore these recommendations? Well, you know, as as with, you know, as with any watchdog, if they, if they say you need to do something and there's a legal obligation behind it and you don't mm. do it, then you would be opening, uh, opening up your, yourself, your, your, yourself liable to, to further action, whether that's financial um, penalty or whether that's um, prosecution. Mm. It's, um, you know, it's, uh, it's really clear that, you know, uh, yeah, it's not, uh, it's, it, it's great that Keir said that he would, you know, put the, um, you know, implement committed beyond you know, well before publication committed to 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 implementing all the uh, all the recommendations of the uh, of the of the commission, but you know, in in truth he had no he had no choice yeah. um, because they, yeah, any 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 that were found were going there's going to be a legal compulsion um, behind them, so that's absolutely uh, you know that is absolutely clear there is no there is no choice in this now obviously now 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 the there is this new deadline of the 10th of December where the, uh, the, the, the HRC have asked for an action plan is how they're going to meet that. Uh, and the, and, and I'm sure there are, you know, there's much that, that the leadership, at least they've said, want to do to kind of go above and beyond what those, uh, what those recommendations say. But, you know, to be absolutely clear, this is legal compulsion here. And, you know, the irony must be lost on, on nobody that the equalities watchdog that the Labour Party set up, the Labour Party, the yes. party of, founded on values of equality, tolerance, anti-racism, is, yeah. the, is the first major organisation, first political party, I should say, definitely, you know, definitely, to, uh, to have unlawful agnosis, uh, to found that it kind of it broke equalities law in the treatment of a minority um, of 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 a class of members who had a protected yeah. characteristic. I'll put it that way. Mm, yeah. No, I think that's a really good point, and it really does outline how serious this is, doesn't it? I mean, it, yeah. as you say, it's not. It's, I know. I know what you're getting at. Like Keir Starmer didn't have a choice yesterday. But what what did you think about the the main recommendation? Wasn't it to uh, set up an independent investigative investigatory yeah. panel to to investigate complaints? Do you think that is the main takeaway from this in a practical sense? In a structural sense, practical structural sense, uh, it probably it probably will be. 
and again, this was a commitment that 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 that, that Kieran, indeed, uh, other leadership election candidates made, candidates made at the time of the leadership leadership election. Um, and it's absolutely clear that this is necessary because one of the findings of the HRC was there was political interference by you know by the senior leadership into anti-Semitic complaints. Yeah, and it was yeah that was spelled out very very clearly, and also what was spelled out very very clearly as that part and in, in, in that part of the report, this was activity that happened right until yeah, right into, into, in, 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 into last year, well into Jenny Formby's tenure. You know, there's been there was an attempt at revisionist history um, through what well, we saw earlier this week in Carrie Murphy's article, but also you know in in, in essence through that that, that leaked report, um, which suddenly became gospel for so many people who wanted yes. to uh, you know who wanted to deny and obfuscate the problem, that um, that somehow that there was a kind of a bad old regime and the Jenny Foreman came in and, and it was all getting better and it was all going to be great. It really wasn't. The only yeah. progress they made in, on anti-Semitism was in continuing to protect their political allies in continuing to deny the problem, obfuscate and indeed gaslight people who, uh, who, call, who called it out. You know, and, and what came through, what I thought was actually really, really um, stark and actually obviously the root of the political ramifications of yesterday was the understanding that a labor and some are brought to the to the fact that you know, denialism has been as big a part of the problem as the original abuse in all of this and the denialism that says yeah we 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 suffer double pain people like tessa mm. who i just you know absolutely take my hat off the the her experiences and, and let's be frank about this often the worst experience were those faced by by by, by women it was yeah. the weird it was weird because it always came 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 laced with a heavy dose of misogyny um, you know, she, you know, she not only faced horrendous abuse, but then she had the double injury of being told that it wasn't really abuse and it was being made up because of for factional advantage or because she didn't like Corbyn or to stifle debate on foreign policy. Yeah. And the denialism is as important a part of the problem, um, a significant part of the problem as the actual as, as, as the actual problem itself. And that's what kind of, in, in many ways made it so contagious. And yes. um gave people room to doubt to deny to obfuscate um because they could attach a political label to it we were obviously and it was kind of like kafka's logic as i said in that later piece we were, well obviously we were red tories we were in bitten blairites we didn't <laughs> yes, want you know we do we yeah we, that's why we were calling out so there wasn't any real racism because we had a political motivation and so it was reverse engineered that, that, that we were acting in bad faith when actually all the jlm had done was acting good faith up until the point of referral because we are um because because we wanted to try and fix the problem and it's only when we went through the summer of 2018 in the hell of of, of kind of the the the, the fight you know, kind of the the adoption of rhra sort of barely comments about 68 rabbis from pete willsman and off the back of the the parliament square demonstration and the mirrors one mural it was only at that point in time and, our, our, oh, and, and also JLM being told that whilst they'd like to see our training delivered at the party conference that year, it wasn't going to be us that was going to, deli- going to deliver it. Yes. Yeah, we, we spent, on her, on her appointment, we spent about three and a half hours with, with Jenny Formby yeah. talking through practical points she could, she, could, she could implement to make life better. None mm. of them were really, none of them were acted on. No. And at that point we knew, and so we weren't going to be made fools of anymore. There was only one thing we could do is this referral, but it was not on a whim. And it wasn't for faction advantage because, uh, and you know what, the f- overwhelming feeling that we got out of yesterday, Tom, was was vindication. 
yes vindication for the people who face the pain and whilst again you know one has to be a little bit because i'm sure you want to answer this there's some chagrin that ended up being about the grand politics and yeah. jeremy corbyn all about jeremy corbyn again and actually really yesterday was about people like tessa well and the, and the, and, and, and the dozens and hun, probably hundreds of labor members who went through that who who went through that abuse mm. and those that left the party that we just don't know of because yeah. they left the party and they can and then oh, they disengage from their low from their going to their gc meetings they stop campaigning and actually for the wider jewish community who were put in the frankly nauseating position of a general election where they couldn't they had no choice at all they had two as they saw equally bad candidates for prime yes. minister yeah, stuck between a rock and, and a no, racist place, uh, which is just yeah, horrendous. exactly. And nobody, nobody should ever be have to be put in that position. No, where uh, you can say I don't like them on tax. I don't like them on the NHS. I don't like them on what they want to do with the economy, mm. or public services, whatever. But the idea that I don't think, you know, at the very least, because giving them my vote is endorsing somebody who doesn't want to do anything about anti-Semitism, who doesn't from, want to tackle anti-Jewish racism. Yeah, from absolutely agree with that. I think from from a Jewish labour movement point of view, what you've talked about your time working with Jenny Formby or having meetings with Jenny Formby and Carrie Murphy and things yeah. like that. But what what has changed? Have you have you felt a change under the new leadership with David Evans and 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 Keir Starmer and his team coming in? Has there been an attitude change at all that's been palpable yet? Oh yeah, that that probably has because yeah. and, and it's and the le- and the whole the whole problem was the lack of leadership that we had, you know, and then, frankly it was the failure of leadership at the top of the party allowed anti-Jewish racism to enter mainstream pop British politics for the first time, and and it was this failure the HSC made clear it was this failure that not only led to unlawful acts of acts of unlawful anti-Semitism within the party, but actually kind of you know, it acted on the structure of our democracy, which we already talked about. You know, and what do we get from Keir Starmer? Practically the first words out of his mouth when he is um, elected leader, despite the fact to be put in add in parentheses, that he could have, you know, very you know, just said, listen, we're at the start, you know, we're kind of in the middle of lockdown here. We've got a pandemic we don't know what to do with. And, and I, you know, I've got to focus on that for, for the for the sake of the country. But nonetheless, he took the very clear decision that it was going to make, you know, apologize clearly to the uh, you know to the community in front of the whole public when he was you know when he made his acceptance speech mm. he's repeated that apology a number of times but just personally but also to the community organizations personally he took action against rebecca long bailey when um uh, she uh, she uh, shared some anti-semitic drivel in a national newspaper yes um and 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 yesterday he set a very very clear line in the sand about expectations around this report. You know, and I always said going into it, please, you know, please God, it says the right. You know, they 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 find what we think they should find. There will be two types of Labour Party member at that point in time: those who accept the legitimacy of the HRC and its findings and its recommendations, and then I need to kind of, you know, it's the fact that it's been a shameful period and we need to put our house in order, ASAP, mm. or those members that don't. And if you don't, pretty much as Keir said yesterday, you don't have a place in the Labour Party. Yeah, it's I pretty think that, simple. Yeah, I think that decisiveness was just absolutely key yeah. to how yeah. you know people are going to react to this. this it, racism yeah. isn't an issue of whether you agree with it or not. If you don't agree that there were elements of anti-Semitism and elements of a, a form of racism in this party over the last five years, then this party isn't for you. And that's 
that, no, that completely. Kit. And, and, and I think the most frustrating thing about yes, the way the yesterday is unwound is there's some, still some debate, which is like yet yeah, another piece of evidence. The idea that, in a sense, it's almost uh, a equivalent to the uh, to, to you know to you know, to the leaked report, say, mm. you know, or some squawk, you know, some squawk box, canary blogs. <laughs> Yeah. This, you know, this is a whole different order. You know, this is kind of findings of fact. This is, you know, lawful, unlawful acts have been found to, you know, found to take place by a statutory watchdog. This isn't up for debate. You don't mm. get to debate that. They have, they have ruled. You know, this is, you know, this is, this is how the law works. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty basic stuff. So actually, in many ways, the most, the most difficult, thing, you know, the most, you know, uh, you know disappointing thing about, um, Corbyn's ending yesterday is going, you know, this idea that somehow this was still up for debate. This is, no, we yeah. want closure. This is vindication. We were right. What you yeah. were saying was wrong. <laughs> yeah, you should I have mean, just, you know, frankly, you know, barring a statement of real kind of apology and accepting responsibility, yeah. you know, uh, just a long, long period of silence would have been welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some sense of kind of, no more navel gazing, and a bit more. That's that's the phrase I used earlier on with yeah, Tessa yeah. and Kieran. And but a bit more reflection. That's what, if anything, yesterday was about reflection. And as you say, it's a watershed moment. But just coming on to Jeremy very quickly, yeah. it's yeah. I, I personally think it's you used the word shameful earlier on. And I think that's right. That Jeremy somehow has made this about himself on what should have been, uh, you know, about the victims. This is about people that have suffered. Yeah in a party Absolutely. that they have been part of sometimes for years and decades and decades, and they joined it on the grounds that it's anti-racist and the grounds that it fought, fights against or is alleged to fight against any type of prejudice, especially mm. <laughs> anti-Semitism, which is something I really didn't think I'd be saying. I'm, mm. I'm 25 now, I joined the party when I was 15, and it was just a completely different atmosphere. I didn't think in 10 years' time I'd be sat on a podcast looking at, you know, the... the Equality and Human Rights Commission's report into into mm. the party that I love being tarnished with this this horrible form of racism and people in the general public cannot believe that this is even an issue anymore and yet it's like yeah. they've set us back you know into into a very dark period but I was just wanting to get your sense of because we've seen splits on the left about. Jeremy's remarks yesterday. Angela Rayner has expressed her regret at the findings of the report. But we have yeah. people like John McDonnell calling for Corbyn's suspension to be lifted. And I know the campaign against anti-Semitism has made a series of complaints against a number of other Labour mm. MPs as well. But where does the party, what are, what are the political consequences of his suspension and where does the party go from here? Well, hey, um, I think, you know, in terms of the process, you know, the right process was applied. Uh, you know, the general secretary took the decision to suspend his uh, Corbyn's membership, and indeed the, the chief whip at the same time took the decision to remove the whip, which would obviously follow. You know, that wasn't Starmer's decision, but it was very clearly his very clear and correct position on the consequences of of of. of Kind of denying the report, denying the, re the findings, the recommendations, um, <clears throat> and the scale of the problem, and saying it was an exaggeration, or saying there was factual advantage behind it. He was very clear about you know that that, that had no place in the party. He set the political leadership, and uh, and that's and that's absolutely that's absolutely right. And it's you know and this is you know this is a again going back to like, this is a legal finding. This is not optional. You can't yeah. say oh, I don't particularly <laughs> like that law, so I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to obey it. Uh, mm. 
Mm. You know, that's, uh, that, 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 you know, that, that's, very, that's very clear. Listen, I, yeah, personally, personally, I think, you know, this day was always going to come because of that question of, you know, do you accept the HRC's legitimacy and what it was saying? And the fact that it found what it found, or do you think it was all a get-up job by the CIA or whatever <laughs> kind of crazy conspiracy yeah. story you want? You know, um, this day was always going to come. Did I think it was going to come on the same day as the publication? No, of course not. Yes, and I'm a little bit sad that 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 the the the, the story of vindication, the story of those of the of the heroes who who, who suffer the abuse and, and 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 deserve to kind of have their 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 their, their awful experiences you know respected and reflected upon um that was that was all chucked in by frankly a vain old man who you know sadly will never never know better but this day was always going to come and you had to pick that pick a side and this is what's going to this is going to this is you know the way this is going to unfold and you know frankly i'm very very happy this is where we put you know as, as this is the place in terms of our labor values that we can't the place where we plant our flag in the ground mm. and this is where we stand this is fine by me and if people want to and if people want to kind of you know as many people said during the corbyn corbyn years anyway yeah we're not a you know we're not a personality cult i don't care you know rules exist a rule-based order exists you know to be um you know uh, to be ignorant of who we are talking about mm. and i don't care who it is if you don't obey the rules there are consequences and and that's the what? way and that's the way we should order society that's the way we should order our political party that's fair that's that that's that, that's what social justice and democracy is about and you know and at the end at the end of the day there are no there, there aren't any special exceptions what I am a fan of is is Keir's basically <laughs> as as outlined what you just said. This wasn't a political decision by him to suspend Jeremy Corbyn as much as some people on the left might have you think. It it was yeah. a decision by the party because of a clear breach no. of rules, not because of what what was said in the report. It's because of how he reacted. Because of to how he report. reacted to it. <laughs> how he how he reacted to it. And yeah. Um, and and you know, I mean, what? Well, well, you're absolutely right, and and it and it and it betrays so much. So much of the commentary is about this being a political decision, and kind of you know the fact advantage, and kind of not really under, not re- kind of really even taking on board a word of what was said yesterday, in that, that there was political interference, and that's going to end now. <laughs> you know, and they're still operating. The defenders <laughs> are going still operating in this field where political interference is a fact of life, and it's really quite un. un- uh, but but you know, oh, you know, I mean, in truth. They, you know, were that system operating, they couldn't complain, having done plenty of interference to their own advantage during the Corbyn years. Mm. But that isn't the game in town now. Mm. No mm. fear, no favour. There's a process to go through. Yeah. And we'll see how that unfolds. And the idea of not just Corbynism, but the Labour Party as a whole, is about collectivism, working together, everybody under the same banner, looking for the same yeah. kind of... It does... Yeah. Looking for the same society, a fair and equal society. So why this has given way to this idea that if Jeremy Corbyn isn't in the Labour Party, then I'm not going to be in the Labour Party. Then I'm sorry, but don't let the door at you on the way out. It's it's not about well, exactly if you if you yeah well exactly and if your only definition of a court of a right and just and fair and proper socialist Labour Party is one can find Jeremy Corbyn can do no wrong. 
mm. got some really weird politics. <laughs> if indeed you've got actually, actually you've got any politics at all before following, you know, you know, you know, liking the sound of a, of of, of, of a chant at a, at, a, at a music festival. You know, yeah. it, it's it, it's yeah, it's that simple. And my word, you know, it's interesting what you were saying just there because it's kind of yeah, we often kind of the phrase flips through um, our our minds around the, the JLM table. It's kind of saying, you know, one day we'll go back to being a boring old social society where <laughs> actually we just talk about how we campaign on kind of bread and butter issues, how we kind of you know, show our concern about what's happening with immigration in this country and the way that immigrants and some seekers are being demonised and what's mm. going on in terms of kind of food poverty and how do we improve the nhs and how do we uh, and, then, and then how do we you know um you know uh, res, you know build a better social care system how do we make keep keep communities intact by ensuring affordable housing yeah. all these issues which may yeah we have a, a, a you know we'll, we'll have kind of a, a jewish community angle on it but uh, they're part of our Jewish values, but they're also part of our labour values. That sort of brings us to the party, that brings us want to work, want, want to work in solidarity and comradeship with, with, with other parts of the party to achieve. You know, you know, we want to get back to being able to knock on the doors. What's really interesting, actually, we were just talking to there was a, a younger member who's kind of basically kind of realised that Margaret Hodge, sorry to go off on the type, Margaret Hodge in a Newsnight interview yesterday said, you know, yesterday was the was the kind of the first time in a long time she felt proud to be a Labour Party member. And he, this young man, was really jealous. It was very else He hadn't really known what it was felt like to be proud to be proud to be proud of his love. That is the most depressing thing. <laughs> and isn't it? Oh, Tom, isn't it? And isn't it? The, isn't it the way that you know you want to be able to go back to? And the muscle memory is really weird. You know, getting back to thinking actually, you know, you can work with the leadership, and they do have your best interest in heart. And actually, you know, this is you know, the, the, they, they do. You know, we can all work together, and there isn't any bar on. And impugning not, bad and, motives in people. Yeah, and not telling people yeah, that I mean, you're a member of the Labour Party and people rolling yeah. their eyes immediately and saying, but what about yeah. this about anti-Semitism? What about this about yeah. calling? And listen, and from J- yeah, yeah, exactly. And from a JLM perspective, you know, this is, we, we are, as I said, once bitten, twice shy. And so our engagement is conditional. And we are really very happy and ready and willing to go and engage and help develop this action plan and give whatever support the party needs to take this forward with the, with the Commissioner and more widely. Um, in terms of education, because that is obviously mm. key to the whole key to the whole puzzle. But you know, it is conditional on the direction of travel, you know, continuing. And we, you know, we, we we've shown, and indeed the history of the J, of the of the J, JLM policy on in the party over our hundred years of affiliation is one of saying, you know, of of having fights and and standing up and defending what we think is right. Um, and so, you know, and as we've shown over this past years, we're, we're you know, we're, we're not going to step back from that. But I hope, I very much hope that we won't need to. There's a sense of that, isn't there? People keep saying we're living through history at the moment. Frankly, I'm sick of living through history. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> it means something horrible is happening. It's either we're living through a history of the Labour Party in which this has never happened. Only the BNP have been investigated by the EHRC yeah. political party. And that yeah. is a... <laughs> Not a club you want to be in, I think Kieran put it as earlier on. And, no. And, no. and members are sick of it. And I think that is what fueled a lot of Keir Starmer's ascendancy to the leadership was that he is has the decisive kind of yeah. power and decisive ability to make, make amends here and make amends fairly quickly, it must be said. Yeah, fairly, fair, 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 fairly clear. You cannot you know, say what yeah, his actions and his words uh, more importantly, his words on his actions yesterday were, were the were the were were, were the words of a of, of, of very fence sitter. 
he was true to what he said to us. He was true to what he said in previous comments. You know, he was clear that there was going to be zero tolerance. He was clear that denialism was part of the problem. And if and if, and if you carry on in denialism, then you know you are going to you're you're going to face the consequences of it. And it doesn't matter who you are. Yes. No more. No more fudging. No, no more. No fairness. No favors. No fencity. And absolutely, you know, we've seen that. You know, and no doubt there will be other, you know, there will be, I'm afraid to say, there will probably be other opportunities where this has to, where this has to happen. But it, so, so be it. Um, yeah, yeah. Mem- members want to be knocking on people's doors to talk about free school meals, not about anti-Semitism or about, absolutely. you know, absolutely. A, 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 a failure of a, of a person at the top of the party that's no longer there anymore. And I think yeah. he has made some strides towards yeah. his back on that. Front. You know, and, and, just, and, and just a word on that, really, because some of the most difficult times came with one personally, but also, you know, when, when you were canvassing in areas that had, that, that, that had Jewish residents, when, you know, you were kind of confronted with people who themselves were really upset that they couldn't yeah. vote Labour for the first time in their lives. They couldn't vote Labour. Now, look, the Jewish community has never been you know, politically you know, monoglottal, <laughs> monogamous, yeah. I should say. You know, there are, you know, there are, you know, like any, like any community, there'll be people who have always leaned to the right and will vote Conservative. But, you know, the important thing is that there are, you know, there are people, it, the, the Labour Party has a long history of association with the Jewish community, identification with the Jewish community and vice versa. And indeed, you know, kind of the people who organised and, you know, the people who kind of, you know, the Eastern European Jewish immigrants who came in at the turn of the last century, organised, was sweated labour, organised themselves into unions. They were part of the labour movement. This is why, you know, the, it was decided, the JLM internationally decided that they had to, you know, we had to, 100 years ago, affiliate to the Labour Party and make sure that we could do that. Yeah. Know, so that, because the Labour Party was the party that could improve conditions uh, for, um poor Jewish people, disadvantaged Jewish people, and we carry you know, immigrants and we carry we carry that through. Now um what's clear is that for the first time people couldn't have that natural association, couldn't respect that and couldn't vote convert to habit and they had to question what they were doing. Yeah. And all we want and that, and that was and that was really, really difficult for the community as well as those of us in JLM and, and in the past. Yeah, no, I think I think that's you true know, of allies as well. I mean, be any quick, yeah. Oh, oh, but absolutely, of course, of allies as well, of course, of allies as well. But just to reflect on you know the externalities of this, you know, it's going to take a long time to rebuild trust with the Jewish community, um, because it's the last few years have been absolutely shocking to the core for the community. But you know, we just have to go and go on that journey. It isn't going to be. It, we're not going to get there quickly. We're not going to have lots of the people who left the party rejoin overnight, but I think we made a good start. Yeah, I mean, just as a, you, you've come on to my final question there, which is good. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> just as a final word, then I mean, leaving the party was no easy decision for anybody who did it over anti-Semitism or for any other reason, frankly. While while Corbyn was in charge, I mean, what would you say to the people who left the party during Corbyn's time? Now, is is it time for them to come back, or do, should they? wait and see if this leadership delivers oh look we were very, i was we we're always very clear in jlm that everybody had their own personal red line everybody knew you know when they whether they stayed in the party or whether they left the party that was their own personal decision and i you know i'm not going to tell anybody when they should rejoin the party they need to kind of see it with their own eyes you know we are going to um 
work with the party, re-engage with them, deliver the action plan, deliver the improvements, support the change in political leadership. You know, but we aren't the ones who have left. And so we're, it's not our position to tell anybody when, when they feel it's right. But we know what conditions need to exist for that to happen. And, you know, as I say, as I've said, we're on the right path, but it's, it's going to be a long journey. I think we'll leave it there. Mike Katz, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, joining well, me. Thank you today. very much. <laughs> Thanks to all, all your open labour uh, listeners and members for the support you've given over the years to JLM. And uh, it's good to see you're adopting brilliant JLM activists like Tessa and your leadership now. Brilliant. Um, and let's hope we can all go forward together. Brilliant. Thanks, Mike.